everyone, and welcome to Monty and Mickey, the Geek Culture Podcast. Uh, so we're uh, we're coming to you live again uh, for whatever that means and whatever capacity that means. Uh, once again, Mickey and I are not seeing our beautiful faces across the table from each other. We're going to we're doing this over over the the um, wonder phenomenon of, of technology. Um, so if, but if we're, we, we're alive, we're, we're we alive. are alive. I'm sorry. I should have led with that. Mickey's not dead. We're not, yeah. I'm not contacting him with a Ouija board right now. We're, 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 we're live, okay. live meaning good things, not yes. dead. Not, yes. This isn't beyond the grave. <laughs> Monty and Mickey beyond the grave. That sounds like a, that sounds like a Cinemax special. Anyways. Especially um, talking about the walking dead. Go for yeah. It. Right. Oh God. I buried the lead. This episode's on, uh, the walking dead. Finally, we're doing an episode on it. One of the. One of the uh, very uh, passionate that we're, we're very passionate about this this TV show. Um, so before I get into too much of that, we're like I said, we're going to be covering. We'll be covering Walking Dead. We'll be covering the first five seasons. Um, but Mickey, I need you to like really take in this moment because this podcast episode means, and this is, I believe, I should know this. I think seventeen. This officially marks one year since we started podcasting. Can you believe it? As of as of what today? As of today? Well, today it? would be the we, we we're not on the one year mark, but this is yeah. the first episode. Wow, the one year anniversary of our first well, podcast. Congratulations! Episode. I so. had no idea. Yes. Yeah. Only <laughs> only did seventeen episodes in a year, but we're still we're still chugging along. Our little baby's so we're, growing we're so good. fast. I know, I know. They just they just grow up so fast. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so that's something to be excited about. If you guys have been listening since the beginning, thank you. If this is your first episode, thank you. We really appreciate uh, the support that we've been getting through our friends and family throughout this year, and and we're just really happy uh, that we can connect with people on and things that make us excited. You know, um, as we talked about, you know, in our first episode, Mickey and I just. We've connected at our job and we decided that we needed to have an outlet for that connection. We needed to do something that was um, productive. And even if it was just us talking in, in my basement about the Marvel movies, we needed to do something. We so did, we decided we didn't that, want to get yelled at at work for talking too much. So we thought we'd find another right. outlet. Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, yeah, it was, it was, uh, we needed to, to cut it off a little bit shorter. Yes. Preventative, preventative measures. Um, but, uh, all that being said, uh, just, we really appreciate everything that we've, we've gotten, like I said, any support from our friends and family. Um, like if this is your first time listening, welcome. We're glad to have you. If this is your 17th time listening, thank you for being a part of the, the journey with You're us. The best. And we hope that, we hope that uh, this this thing will continue and that we're going to have, you know, many more years to come in terms of uh, future podcasts and all the different exciting things, uh, even even in a quarantine that we can look forward to. Um, so, yeah, so that's my that's my, uh, I guess, congratulations to us. A little pat on the yeah. back. Um, but uh, but yeah, uh, I guess start out our episode like we always do uh, kind of go some over some in the news. Uh, I mean, um uh, gosh, there's been so much. It's been a while. I apologize for anybody that's been really hangry for a, you know, a Monty and Mickey episode. It's been it's been a couple months. The world um, has kind of stopped though, so there hasn't been a whole. I mean, there's been some things, but it's not like we're missing out on thousands of things because we're all kind of shoved in our homes together. You know, 
Right. Right. There's been, there's been some other pressing matters. Um, Oh gosh. I, I, I think I found the, the last time that we talked about things, at least for, in terms of, of, um, news. Uh, we did talk about wonder. Did we talk about wonder Woman? I think we talked about, yeah, wonder I think Woman. we mentioned it. Uh, um, yeah. So let's see, let's see, let's see what else. Um, the new star Wars movie uh, from take a Watiti confirmed. Yeah, I believe so. I believe so. I think there's been a lot of star Wars news. I mean, the biggest one is obviously that, you know, May 4th star Wars day, um, Disney plus finally released the last movie, the, uh, um, the last movie to be on the official, you know, of the nine movies to be on Disney plus. Um, so, uh, I saw a meme that has, you know, the picture from the last Jedi of Luke Skywalker standing there and it says the greatest work from home moment of all time where he, uh, <laughs> at the end of the movie, um, there's a video out there, some pictures. Um, we had, I think we've talked about it before that I, I'd gotten into, uh, some 3d printing this guy, he 3D and this is just insane. I I don't have the patience or the talent to do something like this. He 3D printed his own Iron Man Mark 85 cosplay armor, like full suit. Really, 3D printed it. Yeah, and, so and he can wear I, it. He can wear it, and it's not just yeah. It's not just this thing that he threw up. Like he's actually like taking the time to fit it to himself. First oh. of all, second of all, he put electronics in it. So like if he taps his two fingers together, the mask flips open. If he does it again, it flips shut and he's got no lights kidding. and all this crazy stuff. So, I mean, there's people that, I mean, clearly the quarantine has allowed, you know, more time than usual for those types of that things. That guy but, was laid off. Um, I'm pretty sure he was laid off. <laughs> he had to have either that or he's a college kid. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what else. Um, Original cuts of uh, Star Wars. So this is for for people who who really understand why this is important. Um, apparently, original cuts of Star Wars are coming to Disney Plus. I don't know when or what's the details behind that. Some hardcore Star Wars fan, and I think Mickey, you would be in that category. Um, they actually they, there's there's certain things that are different. So I think. Um, think that that's going to be a big deal i think a lot of people will be excited about that oh okay that's interesting um, let's see let's see let's see um a lot of marvel movies have been pushed back i mean just movies in general uh so i think by now we should have gotten black widow but obviously with the theaters closed the studios don't want to just you know go straight to you know digital i think there's been a couple movies like onward yep. i don't know if you've heard of that yep. one mickey that one went straight to Disney a lot Plus. of advertising for that going right to streaming yeah and Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland, you know, obviously that I mean, our family watched it was pretty good. Um, and, and so, like, you got Wonder Woman that they talked about just going straight to digital. A lot of movies are being pushed back uh, because of the coronavirus situation. So I, I I'm guessing the fall winter season is going to be oh. we're uh, we're we're going to be spending a lot of money at the well. Movie. They they stand <laughs> to lose a lot of money just because of the budgets of those films. And if you're not able to you know, charge any more than what it costs just to, to do the streaming sites. I mean, there's a lot of money to be lost there from there. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a reason why, I mean, when you can get 15, I mean, sometimes some of these movie theaters are doing, if you're doing IMAX 3d, whatever, they're upwards of over $20 a head per person, you know, oh, to yeah. get into the movie, to watch it. And they're not obviously coming out on digital right away. So yeah, there's a, there's a ton of money for both the movie theaters and the, the, um, the studios to lose. Well, and I mean, from um, our point of view, I'd rather see some of these movies on a big screen. It's just the atmosphere yeah. and just the huge screen, yeah. you know? 
Right. And yeah, and it's that's the thing is like, um, you know, things, movies like Onward, it's like it doesn't have any connection to anything else. You're not really, you're excited maybe, but you're not like that. I'm okay yep, watching from exactly. home, you know, no, no big deal. But like a new Marvel movie or the new Star Wars movie or a new whatever, you know, those movies, I feel like you have to experience them in a certain way, at least the first time you watch oh, them in order to do them justice. With the special and I mean, the, the cinematography and the special effects and audio effects. Yeah, you're just missing out by watching it in your own living room, at least the first time, like you said. Right, right. Um, let's see. Oh, there was a Disney sale. I ended up picking up. What movie did we get? Uh, Greatest Showman. Oh. Bought it for five bucks, less than five bucks digital on um, Disney had some, they've been having some rolling deals with certain, certain movies that you can download, like on a Fandango or a Voodoo or whatever. Um, you get the digital copy. It's still, I mean, you can still watch it on your, you know, streaming device or whatever, your phone or your Roku or Apple TV or whatever. So it's still, you know, watchable, but I was kind of exciting when that, um, Disney Campus. I think we've talked about that. Marvel's Avengers Disney Campus at is it Disneyland? Disneyland Resort. Yeah, that looks awesome. Um. Oh, this is exciting. Star Wars news because you know we can't talk enough about Star no, Wars. Not, not my um, opinion. There is a new documentary f- series, docu series, I guess maybe. Yep. On the Mandalorian yeah. that was released on Disney Plus. Um, have you seen that first episode yet? No, I haven't taken a chance to watch it because there's so many other things I've been watching. But that's uh, what's his name um, that that wrote and cr- created it? Fa- John Favreau. Uh, John Favreau. Yeah. Yeah. He, he leads the panel talking about how they did it. I mean, it's a lot of that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. the The first episode that I saw, at least, it was so each each episode um some some directors had multiple episodes and i i, f- I always forget producer director i don't really know the difference so forgive yeah, me for you film nerds um but basically yeah he's he's basically leading a roundtable discussion and i would literally give my left everything <laughs> i'm glad to you be sitting that. i didn't know where you were at- going with it <laughs> at the table with the people that were at this table. Oh, I just, just to talk to John Favreau alone, I would give my left, you know, bleep, bleep. Well, so you've got John Favreau. Um, and I don't know all the names I should, I should look them up, but, um, you got John Favreau, you got the guy who directed or was part of the clone wars, the star Wars animated series. He was, so these are all at least directed one episode. So if, I don't know if you realize this in the Mandalorian, they didn't have a consistent, this is the one guy for every episode. No, they that's actually true. That's true. had multiple people who were involved in each episode kind of has a different flavor. And you see that you kind of, if you take a step back, you actually can, you can kind of see, okay, you can, yeah, but there's something different. To their credit though, it was, there was a lot more consistency than I would say mm. in the last three movies of the movies, you know? The, right. Yes. Correct. Yeah, was, definitely. So, yeah. The they did a good, much better, you know, just more, much more fluent, I think. Right. Um, so you had that, that guy, you had Taika Waititi, who plays uh, IB-11 or what, IT-11, that droid, that uh, assassin droid. Yep. He's actually the voice of that guy. So he's directing one of these. Yeah. Um, Bryce Dallas Walker, who is the female uh, lead in Jurassic World series. Um, so she's uh, obviously a very talented actress and now is doing directing. And then there was two other ki- people that I, I'm not super familiar with, um, an Asian-American woman and an African-American man. 
And they, like I said, to be at that table, I mean, first of all, this is like the next generation. Like George Lucas is the man, right? Yep. He's the guy, right? For the Star Wars and everything. Yep. These guys are taking that torch. These guys and girls are taking that torch and they're doing things that I'm sure that George Lucas would have never imagined in his wildest dreams. Well, and and they've, they've been fans their whole lives. So it's not like they just picked up and went, Oh, okay. They were, they gave us this project to work on. These are fans. John Favreau loves star Wars. So that's, right. that's a good sign from the fans point of view. Yep, exactly. Um, so, so yeah, so there's uh yeah, like you had mentioned, there's a new movie from Taika Waititi. Um, so I'm sure he's obviously not going to get off the Star Wars, um, you know, train anytime soon. But uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen it yet and you're a Mandalorian fan and you're kind of like that filmish nerd kind of, you kind of fall in line with us, you yes, probably will enjoy. <laughs> you probably will enjoy, enjoy it. I think there's two episodes, I think, now. Um, um, speaking of the, sorry to interrupt, but speaking of the Mandalorian, um, something else you posted on our little facebook thing um they're they're planning on having a boba fett appearance and appearance in season two of that show yeah yeah and without getting too deep into the weeds um some of you might be like well wait a second monty mickey um boba fett died in return of the jedi uh mandalorian takes place after return of the jedi he got he was you know digested in the sarlacc pit what what do you guys so there's canon and some other things, I guess, to back this up. But correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you know more about this than I do, Mickey. But um, so the, the the story in a nutshell is he got out of there, right? I mean, that's kind of the – he was in there for a while but somehow was able to claw his way back out that's, and survive. That's how they're describing getting anything I've read. Yeah, he just found a way to not get regurgitated and swallowed up completely. Which the death – toll or the death rate for characters in the star wars universe that fall down into a pit like uh like abby said it's surprisingly high yeah Uh, darth maul (laughs) um uh you know the emperor yeah um and now boba fett like it's just it's crazy it's like they're never dead nobody's no exactly you fall down a pit you're like oh okay i'll be back yeah so i mean it's like I i don't know i mean it makes for good storytelling but um but yeah so uh, let's see what else. Oh, please, Mickey, have you <laughs> have you had the chance to watch Tiger King yet? Yeah, my sister. I, I was reluctant because a lot of those shows, when you hear so much of them, I, I just as much as I can get into them, I'm just like, okay, the hype, the hype, and then I, you know, the shows like Breaking Bad and and Dexter and and um, some of these, I ended up buying into them, and I'm like, okay, finally, what? And I fall in love. I can't. That kind of is what happened again. I, these people are insane so no matter how you feel about yourself or your own life if you watch tiger king you will feel better about yourself it so yes. it is insane I, I mean it's like watching the hoarders yeah exactly you just feel differently about yourself afterwards and i mean it didn't quite live up to what i expected after my sister told me it was cray cray over and over but it at first you think oh these people are all decent nice people who care about the animals well you kind of find out that a lot of that isn't the truth and they're just ruthless evil people a lot of them it's crazy mickey mickey will you will you at least consider doing a tiger king episode with me sure podcast okay i'm not gonna open a zoo with you no (laughs) i don't people think i'm crazy as it is i don't need to go off that ledge so yeah if you haven't watched tiger king you've probably heard about it um 
It's insane. Um, Biggest documentary of all time, they're saying. Like, most watched, most wildly popular. I mean, that That's going to be, what was was it last year? Baby Yoda. Well, Baby Yoda came out after Halloween. So, my prediction is you're going to see a ton of Baby Yoda Mandalorian Halloween costumes, followed very closely by Tiger King, if not some kind of combination of the two. Ugly (laughs) mullet. I don't want to see it. I'm not looking Um, forward to this. So then you're not going to look forward to this. Nicholas Cage got cast to play Joe Exotic. That's what I heard. Yeah. In a movie. <laughs> so that will be fabulous in a way that I can't describe. This is what I'll say. If you haven't seen this, do not bring your, do not, the very adult content of crazy crap going on. Don't let your kids watch this. This is definitely put the kids to bed and then watch it, you know, after, after hours. Cause it's definitely crazy. But if you're an adult, <laughs> And you're allowed to, you know, legally, you know, at least vote. <laughs> Let's, uh, let, you, you're, you'll get a kick out of it. Well, and I, like um, you say, we don't want to go too far into it, but, and then make sure you watch that last eighth episode where Joel McHale is interviewing a lot of the people that oh, were yeah. involved. Cause you, yep. there's a lot of insights into that as to things you didn't necessarily know about from just having watched the documentary itself. Right, right, exactly. Um, so we're 18 minutes in and, uh, yeah, we've, we haven't gotten through the beginning, but there's a lot to cover. We've, I we guess, yeah, there enough. was more than I, than I figured that we missed. Um, apparently goosebumps. Um, so RL Stein, anybody who grew up in my kind of era, nineties kids know that goosebumps, the movie or the TV shows and the books, great, you know, blockbuster, scholastic book fair type of, you know, go, go grab his book. Apparently a new, a new show is coming out on disney plus called just beyond and it's by rl stein so i'm guessing it'll be that same kind of like children's horror um genre of 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 tv shows so well, I'm even that movie the movie was pretty decent we took uh, oh yeah 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 they just came out with that yep yeah well like a year or two ago there was one it was it was pretty good yeah um so yeah i think that's it that i got as far as news goes um anything else that i missed mickey that that you can think of that uh, i mean there's been a ton of stuff happening. yeah well yeah i think that covers the main things that we'd be interested in, i think that i know yeah of. You're, you're pretty good about covering that usually um all right so let's let's get into it the walking dead man um i don't there there's a couple tv shows in my life that i've been like this is this is my like specifically TV shows and top five for me, hands down is walking dead. There's a lot of different TV shows out there that it's like this one. I like because of this or this one I like because of that, but the walking dead, it just, it, it hits, uh, it strikes a, a chord or it strikes a nerve that, that just is so perfect in terms of the, the storytelling and and the the concept and the, the you know everything just kind of it feels like it just fits good like there's certain times throughout the series that it did feel forced but it just for for whatever reason in my mind and and I know you've had a similar experience it's kind of it just kind of fits like the this hole between you know indie zombie movie and compelling sitcom like there's something that they just do a good job of of pulling those kind of those two worlds together well the fact Um, that it's gone into 10 seasons is a testament to that i mean how many shows like that last that long you know 
Right. And especially a very specific niche show like this. I mean, I talked about sitcoms and you've got, you know, God, you, I, 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 we'll do a whole episode on it, I'm sure. I mean, uh, you know, Friends and uh, How I Met Your Mother and, you know, all these different Cheers, uh, Saved by the Bell. I mean, what, name your pick. There's so many. But in the, those usually have longevity and they, you know, they, they're able to, you know, grow legs, I guess. And, 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 but they're very specific. It's about, you know, American life or about an American high school or, you know, a family or whatever. And it's very like, it's relatable and, you know, it's, it's, it feels good to sit down and watch. This is, it's, it's, it's bloody, it's gory, it's very in your face. It's, it's the yes, end it's, of the world kind of shows, but these shows are becoming more popular as dramas. There's no not a lot of comedies about them, but right, at least sitcoms anyway. But right, right. Um, but and I uh, think I think this one has an advantage, like like shows like I mentioned, like Breaking Bad and Dexter. I, I love those shows. There, there's a darkness to them, and Dexter, you're rooting for a serial killer. I mean, there's just some, and Breaking Bad is literally the guy starts off as a teacher and all that stuff and gets cancer, and then he just you see him turn into this horrible criminal. But this show is different because it's still people trying to be good, finding themselves turning into animals. But the fact that it's got comic books to to back it up is is where I think the longevity can can be. Yes. They can go as as long as they possibly want to because just because of that. I don't know if the comic books will continue as long, but because there's been such a well developed story for so long, I, I think it, it the longevity can be as as long as they want it to. You know. Right. And in that, you know, um, in that sense, it's kind of like the Marvel, the reason why um, the Marvel movies have exactly, you know, they, they have this, um, you know, this, this comic series to draw on, Um, excuse me. And so Robert Kirkman, that's the name I was looking for. Robert Kirkman wrote, wrote the the comic series. And um, my wife has read, I think the first compendium um, and it's good. It's different. They they've changed some things. Um, most notably, there's no Daryl. He just doesn't exist. Oh, really? Um, so certain things like that. Um, I don't even know what a know. compendium is, so I'm really flipped by the Daryl thing. So a compendium is... Big word, you, college co- boys. <laughs> you, you comic book nerds can talk more about this than I can. A compendium, my understanding is, so like monthly or weekly, sometimes you have a comic book that comes out, right? A new issue that comes out. A compendium is like a collection of those issues. So instead of just being one comic book, it's like a thick chapter book that includes multiple issues. Oh, like a comic, a graphic novel almost. Yeah, yeah, it's it's similar to that. And so there's been, I think, two or three compendiums. Basically, if you're not a hardcore fan that goes out and gets it digitally or however, every month, every week, um, you're basically think of think of a compendium as like multiple seasons and like parallel to the tv show so you're catching up as opposed to individually reading the comics yeah yeah you're you're reading them all yeah so um so yeah we uh we had a friend of ours that borrowed it to i didn't read it but michaela read it and like i said there's some differences um but yeah that's a good point is the reason why this uh part of the reason why is this tv show had a really strong comic book storyline that 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 obviously was the roots of what turned into this literally a national phenomenon yeah um, for sure so before we get too far into it um what was your experience with the walking dead i know i know your experience but for the rest of the you know 
tens of people out there listening to us. Um, what was your experience? And then I'll kind of, I'll kind of explain my experience as, as far as how were you introduced and, and what is your experience and then, you know, watching the, or how did you watch it and, and that kind of thing? Well, it's funny you made that comparison to Marvel because that one I was more familiar with. I had a lot of friends saying, oh, Mickey, you'd like The Walking Dead. You'd like it. You'd like it. And I'm like, well, ah. once again, I just didn't want to buy into it because I heard so much hype. And I'm like, eh, I don't know if it ever lives up to it. And I, I've been wrong on so many occasions that I don't even know why I listen to those stupid thoughts in my head anymore. I guess I need to tell them to shut up more often. But <laughs> um, th- this again, like the Marvel movies, it was your enthusiasm about it. And and then I go into your basement and I see a cardboard cutout of Daryl, who you know has become my favorite character. And I'm like, oh, I think Tom likes this. Maybe I should give it a chance. Or Monty, sorry, that's your name. <laughs> um, th- I think he likes this. I should probably give it a chance. And just like the Marvel movies, I fell hook, line, and sinker. I mean watching those in movies and what in order watching this it took me a while because you were already up to season nine and you know looking at me like oh, when i'd make a comment after watching an episode you'd be like oh mickey you have no idea what's gonna happen <laughs> right. I, you know you would bite you'd be nice enough to bite your tongue and stuff and i'm like oh whatever and finally i was able to catch up and it's like wow and more so than any other show and because of a show like this you have to see people you know losing their lives to make it realistic and it's been 10 seasons, but in that 10 seasons, there's been a lot of characters that have come and gone, even the biggest ones in the show, which is what makes it so compelling compared to most shows. And I, I, I'm, like I said, your enthusiasm got me suckered into it. And now I'm hook, line and sinker. And I'm, I'm able to watch it even more recently than you are now, just because of our viewing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cause, uh, cause Mickey's not a cheap ass like me. Well, um, Mickey's he, single, actually pays, that helps. he actually pays for cable. I, I don't. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm behind a little bit and that's the, we're doing the first five seasons, like I had mentioned before, but before I get into a little bit more about what my experience was, I just want to point out the fact that what you said about main characters dying. Um, if you're a fan of the storytelling that, um, is involved with, um, King, uh, Game of Thrones, this is basically the AMC version of Game of Thrones. Um, oh, really? Very similar yeah, type I'm of... I'm ignorant on Game of Thrones, too, so that, that's interesting to know. Yeah, like like the fact that like main characters die is what I'm saying. Like these really oh, sure. important characters are dying um, throughout the series. And that's kind of the way that The Walking Dead is set up. Uh, but, yeah, so, so exactly. So I was very excited about this TV show. I loved it. I told Mickey about it. Um, so what my, my experience is, I did not start right away. Um, I started probably, oh God, I don't even know. I don't even know when I, it, it was on Netflix. So that's how I watched it the first time. Uh, by, so it was, on, it was that far old. And, you know, same thing. I heard a bunch of people talking about it. I probably, probably eight or nine years ago, right? Yeah, I probably jumped in about season three. That that it was live season three, and I started probably you know season one. I started watching by then t- that time season three or four, but I didn't watch it consistently. Um, and then I finally caught up, and I got to uh, I think it was season seven or eight with Negan, right? Yeah. And um, the the episode after the big episode, which I'm not going to spoil for anybody who's trying to catch up. So I got into it. I really liked it. My wife then. She, I don't know how many times she watched the first episode, four or five times, and she just couldn't get past that. Like, it just wasn't grabbing her enough. Mm. She just couldn't get it. And oh, so yeah. one day I'm just like, just let's, let's try it again. 
just just watch the second episode and watch the third episode. I begged her. I'm just saying, Michaela, this is such a good TV show. You need like it's it's a love story. There's there's other things going on. It's not just guys shooting zombies in the head. And so she finally got past it, right? Third episode, fourth episode, first season, second yeah. season, third season. I'm not kidding you, Mickey. My wife watched every single episode that was on Netflix. I'm I'm two weeks, three weeks, oh, if that. Burned through them. Just I, I didn't. I couldn't even keep. I was like, I want to rewatch it with you. I couldn't even keep up with her because I'm just like, I got to go to bed, honey. Like this is like I got work in the morning. So and that's we, a non. And that's during non quarantine times. Where right. Oh, the, and that, it was also before we had a child. But that we, yeah. you know, there's well, there's other things. Yeah. Um. But so so she got the the season that she ended on that was um that was last on Netflix was I think season six or seven whatever it was the the basically like I said without without spoiling anything Negan's just about to whack somebody with a baseball bat. Okay. Season ends right. Horrible time to be in your you know. March forward on the walking dead. Who, uh, uh, who dies? What, what, yeah. what, you know, yeah. she made me go out and buy season seven on DVD uh, before it came out on Netflix. Cause she had to watch it. She couldn't wait she, that She long. couldn't wait until it came out on Netflix. So, well, nowadays it seems like between seasons goes four or five years. So I don't blame her to some degree. Right. Like the, right. that wait just seems like you take 10 years off your life just waiting for the next season or even the next half of one season. So fast forward, I don't even know, a year maybe after that, both of us are standing in line at a Walker Stalker convention, which is a comic book convention made for The Walking Dead, waiting to get our picture taken with Glenn. And now we have a picture of my wife and I uh, with Glenn, the actor that played Glenn uh hanging on our wall so that's how much she got into it and that's how much you know obviously i'm i'm a fan well you know um, you fun, it's funny how you i now that you say that i i had to watch that for very first episode a couple of times too just not even because it wasn't intriguing seeing a guy wake up in a hospital bed and and wonder where the hell he is is kind of but i just uh, something would come up and i'm like oh it's a fairly long episode and i just i just it took me two or three times before i finally got all the way through it stopped making excuses and then I was hooked, and I just kept watching. Perfect segue. All right. So season one, perfect segue, like I said. This season sets up the rest of the series, and uh, there's, and we're not going to get too far into the weeds about what the Walking Dead universe is, but now I guess there's literally three different TV shows all within the Walking yeah. Dead. Um, right now. So this, this I, I would say this um, – series the walking dead starts basically right at the beginning of the outbreak um some could even say that it starts after the outbreak that it just didn't get to georgia yet and that they're kind of just slowly starting you know to get to get that to their area of the country that's probably more accurate because because you can see people are starting to know what's going on and not just go what why is everybody walking around like this at least people who aren't rick right right exactly so there there's some there's some tv or um there's some news that has come out but so anyways the 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 gist of season one is rick wakes up in the hospital like i said after getting shot he's a he's a police officer him and shane are the uh two police officers their partners and uh he gets shot he ends up in the hospital before the real bad outbreak happens he wakes up in the hospital nobody's around 
He's got to go uh, try to figure out what's going on. He runs into Morgan. Morgan and him kind of talk for a while. Decides He decides he's going to go to Atlanta because he thought that might be where his family is. Um, Rick goes to Atlanta. He runs into a group of people who, surprise, surprise, end up being the same group or hooked up with the same group that his family's in, his wife and his, his son. Uh, unfortunately, his wife and son thought that he was dead. Shane starts uh, sleeping with his wife. Uh, that causes a bunch of craziness because Shane and him are very much good friends. And that rift, that, that animosity carries through all the way through season two. Um, well, I think, and I think part of the re- I mean, Shane and him were best friends and, and that, and thus Shane came to know his family really well. And I'm, I'm sure that was more than just him looking out for Rick's family, obviously. I mean, it was personal interest and stuff too, but, that is a big part of the reason why Shane and Lori start developing a relationship just because they'd already known each other and tr- learned to trust each other and right. stuff. I mean, that was part of it. Right. It wasn't clean. It wasn't as simple. Like, Hey, she cheated on me. Like that's not like, there was nothing clean about what happened in no. that whole sticky There's situation. There's emotional investment going on. Yeah. Um, uh, summarize it a little bit more. Their camp gets overrun. They gotta, they gotta get out of there. And uh, they decide that they're going to go to the CDC. Um, we kind of we kind of talked about this one season uh, during our Halloween yes. episodes. Yes, uh, during the zombie or did we talk about it during the Halloween episode? I think it was during the no. I'm sorry, you're right. During the apocalypse episode. The, yeah, the viruses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we yeah we talked about what they did a good job in this because I think a lot of TV shows and movies that are zombie centered. I'll just echo what we had mentioned in the zombie the virus episode is that they don't really give a good explanation for why people are zombies. It's just like, this is the thing. Just accept it and move on with the plot of the movie. And this episode really helps to develop why it is doing what it's doing. Um, I think the biggest takeaway from that last episode of season one is that he, that guy, I think it's Jenner, he whispers to Rick something and we don't know what it is, right? That is a genius writing tool think about that for a second that could have been anything whatever they decided however the seasons developed what things changed if it's popular if it's not popular they could have made that whisper anything oh yeah he could have said i like i like oreo cookies or i think you look great in those pants right who knows right but it's a heck of a cliffhanger yeah because your mind just goes crazy then Right, and then it's revealed later in season two, once they they make it to the farm with Herschel and everything else, that everybody's infected. And I think that that was probably one of the biggest like reveals of, you know, probably one of the biggest reveals of the entire series is that the fact because that's a game changer, right? That changes everything. The way that they have to deal with zombies, the way that they deal with other people, how they handle things, right? It just is. It completely changes the dynamic of what needs to happen when you're. In a, well, now they know. Now they know that they all have this potential no, without exception. Right. Um, the biggest part of season two um, is the fact that they're trying to find Carol's daughter. And that manhunt that, uh, that you know, they're trying to find her. And it turns out that Herschel's been keeping her in the barn this whole time. But they didn't know who she was or anything about well, her. Well, first of all, first of all, we have to get. These guys, this first group is trying to find a place to live and, and not live on the highway and get away from all the. So they end up on Herschel's farm. Herschel's right. the owner of this farm where his family is kind of quarantined up. Yep. And, and I that, think that's a big theme throughout most of this 
is them trying to find stability in terms of a living situation. Oh, for sure. You know, and like you said, they, they it's how these two groups are going to coincide with each other and learn to exist. Cause Herschel is an, his initial reaction is no, you guys, cause Carl Rick's son gets hurt and, and Herschel's, you know, trying to get him back to health and basically save his life. And then Herschel's like, well, you guys need to go once this is done because you know, we don't want you corrupting our land and all that stuff. Well, it turns out they all start to agree. Okay. We need each other and stuff. But then, in the midst of all this, Carol's daughter goes missing. And like you say, that's what they're a lot of the searches searching for Sophia. And it turns out, as you say, she's in the barn where they're keeping all these walkers alive. Right. And right. that's how that season kind of comes to a close where just big dramatic things happen with those walkers that are trapped. That and like I said, towards the end of that season is the reveal about everybody being infected. And part of that that really hits home is when um Rick and Shane have their their quarrels. I I guess I should just do this at the beginning of every episode if we're talking about you know pencil cap erasers. Spoiler alert. Um, we, well, we, yeah. if you haven't figured that out already. Um, but yeah, so that that was the big you know he kills Shane because Shane's literally trying to kill him, um, and he turns into a zombie. Um, so that was like I said, that was a big part of season two is. I would say, without, like, getting too meta on everybody, but I would say Shane is the first, like, big boss or big enemy of the group. I, if you yeah. really want to boil it down, I mean, because you go through the, the, the history of this group and how many different enemies they've had all the way up to, you know, now currently, I'm not going to, well, I don't know who currently, but um, the last one I watched was Whispers. You know, you've got Shane and that that he he's a really I mean, like, again, not to be too meta or like, you know, super, you know, whatever cognitive about it. He's kind of the the virus, you know, Andrea's kind well, of, he, you know, he's the one putting up the most front and having I mean, he ends up killing one of Herschel's guys um, to save himself when they go into town for supplies. He ends up shooting the guy so that the zombies can get him and he can escape. But he lies then, about it. That's the, that's the yeah. worst part of what that is. If, if, if he would have, you know, came clean about Admitting. it, you know, there would have been some different, but yeah, he, he lies about it. And there's a few things that you end up seeing his care. And then you got Dale, the old man in the group, the, the philosophical wise one kind of saying, I think Shane's starting to lose his mind and he's starting to get aggressive and, and having a, you know, trying not to keep the group together, he's starting to have this, you know, turning into the virus almost, right. like you said. Right. And I, and I did forget. I, so I rewatched, I rewatched seasons one, two, and part of three. Um, I forgot how big of a character Dale was. Yeah. You know, um, his influence is a big part of the show. At least. Right. Right. And, the, and just, yeah. Like you said, how many people die in that first, those first two seasons, really. Um, well, and he's like the consciousness of the group, right? You know, basically, right? Yep. Um, so yeah, so you got you know they they run into another group of people at that bar when they go to get Herschel, and there's a whole situation with the person that they capture. But the end of season two, basically, the 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 farm gets overrun. Right? There's a group, yep. there's a herd that overruns the farm. They go on the run again. They all get separated too. Yes, which is a big key. Yep. Part of that is that they all get separated, and then by I think it's the end of season two, beginning of season three, they're able to find each other again, except for Andrea. 
So yep. of the survivors that make it out of the farm, all of them find each other again. Andrea, you get to see Michonne for the first time, which I, I didn't realize how early on in the, the series that she was introduced. Um, yeah, I forgot that too. It, it seemed as I was watching the early, it seemed like she was introduced real late, but now looking back, like she's been around for that long. Yeah. Yep. She, she, because she wasn't in that first season, you just kind of think of her as like a, you know, sophomore player or something. You're just yeah. like, but it's like, no, wait a second. This guy, she's been around like, you know, for majority of what they've gone through. Um, but yeah, so then they find the, the prison season three, kind of um, season three and four, is basically takes place at the prison and Woodbury and showing that they have, they have, yeah. Woodbury is another group of people, but Rick and his group are at the prison trying to find, this is their civilization. Now they're trying to grow crops. They have animals and stuff. They, you know, they come across, there's always issues and drama, but this, they're trying to live here. Right. Right. They're trying to, they're trying to make this a permanent place. Like instead of being on the run, which a lot of people in this universe are forced to do. They want a place that yeah. they can basically settle down and have some stability. And mm-hmm. what you're starting to see, and I think this is season, I think it might've been season three that this was the tagline for, and I've got a poster for it in my, in my basement is you start to kind of, they, they kind of get past the at initial, which it's always zombies are always part of this. The walkers are always part of the equation, but you kind of, you kind of get past that or like at least push that off to the side or like in, you know, in a Venn diagram of issues that the group has to deal with. And you start to realize that it's not just the zombies. That's a huge part of what they do and why they do. But you start to see that people are an issue, that people are a threat. Other people, other groups that are competing for the resources that have competing interests. So, so the, the, um, the uh, poster that I have is Rick standing on top of a bus with his, you know, um, his Colt revolver, his Python and above the walking dead, it says fight the dead, fear the living. And I think that that kind of encapsulates the whole series. Um, if well, you and I, as I, as I was reading all these recaps of the first five seasons, again, just to remind myself. Um, and again, I had an advantage over you because I started watching like by eight, season eight or nine. So I got to binge watch, you know, recently. So it's more fresh in my mind, even if my mind is a lot older than yours. But um, the thing is, the show, like you say, the walkers, as they have said, the walkers in this movie are not so quick and fast and they're pretty predictable. And I mean, they're still very dangerous and they'll kill you instantly, but especially with the swarm of them. But they're somewhat reasonable in smaller groups. So then, like you say, with no government, no laws, and no agreement as to how to handle this stuff, they're figuring out how the world is now. But they also figure out it's kind of every man for themselves. But if you do have a group, you have to stick to it. And you don't necessarily trust anyone at first right. for a while. Right. Exactly. And I think, I think that, that that really shows itself with the governor timeline or the governor story and and Woodbury and how you can't trust people even though they look like they've got it all together or they feel like they're you've got to make sure that you take that with a grain of salt. I mean, even Michonne, I mean, they didn't trust her at first. Yeah. I mean, who who would? You know, you can't. I mean, she's not exactly well, she's uh, so quiet and she's she's all by herself. She's got killer, you know, abilities and stuff because she can take care of herself. She doesn't say much. And like you say, even the governor, he comes off as this nice guy who cares about other people while he's got a 
dark side. He, he's the first, I mean, other than Shane, who was part of the group originally, he's the first real boss they come up against that isn't part of their original group, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and I, and I think that that kind of, like I said, the, that season three really sets the groundwork for that, you know, Hey, we've got this, you know, and, and it kind of goes to show in this whole TV show is like, nobody can ever get comfortable because crap hits the fan every time they do, you know, they, they every time something seems like it's going to be okay and they're going to be all right for a while, then something bad happens. Um, but season and people three, have like the governor, it's a lot of it's about power. And, and so now that there's no laws that apply, okay, I can be the leader now and I can do what I want. And I'm, I want, you know, that's where these boss types, these nasty villains come from, basically that kind of mentality. Right. You've got these essentially glorified gangs. You've got these groups of people, these communities of people that get together and, you know, for survival, you know, out of necessity. And yeah. but they but they're also competing for resources. They're competing for other interests with other characters, other other groups of people. And and I think that that's that this season really is pivotal in that point or view, because, I mean, once you get to the later seasons and you see, you know, as Jesus says, and if you don't know, I'm not talking about Jesus Christ for those of you who haven't watched the rest of it, but he says basically like your world's about to get a lot bigger. That I truly believe it's kind of a sidebar here. I truly believe that if you're, if the United States, if the world is put in a situation that the walking dead is that happens tomorrow, this is the type of situation. This is how people will act. You'll have groups of people that will be viciously fighting other groups of people. Basically it will revert back to, if you will, in a very simplified tribal, yes, tribal, a very simplified uh, way, different, the native American cultures that existed on North American continent before we came. I think that that's, so you know, the, the parallel, that's a big point about this. Uh, Yeah. I mean, just it's, we end up being animalistic as, you know, as our, as our nature to begin with, without laws and stuff for that. That makes sense. On a side note, you mentioned Jesus, the character. I I saw a picture of him as I was, you know, because I couldn't remember what he looked like. And I kept looking at his face and he's got really dark blue eyes and, and everything. I know where you're going he's, with this. I, I didn't, I didn't put it together until I finally went, Oh, that show prodigal yep. son that I keep yep. promoting. He's the main star. Yep. That I'm like, Oh my God, that's the same guy. Right. So now I like it even more. Yep. And my voice even got that <laughs> high and I was talking to myself. So, you know, Mickey's really excited. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, and, and that's, that's a good point. I mean, a lot of these characters are just famous for walking dead, but they've got, you know, I, I would, their careers have expanded I wouldn't, because I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them, yeah, go on to do other things. I mean, Maggie went on to do a, like a one-off TV show that I don't think ended up doing anything special. Um, but Michonne's been in quite a few things. I don't know if it, she might've been doing stuff before, but this really put her on the map. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's, like I said, that's kind of the, the, you start to see those types of themes pop up. So you've got a group at the, at the, the prison, and then you've got a group at, at Woodbury. Um, and then the end of season three, the, the kind of, you know, they're able to fight back against the governor and eventually the governor just gets run off and he has to go out in exile and try to, you know, figure it out on his own after Woodbury's done. And they take in everybody from Woodbury. And I think you really you really see what the possibility and the prosperity that the prison can bring 
at the beginning of season four. Like the fact that they've got running water, they've got, you know, crops, they've raising livestock. They're doing all these things that really just, it makes sense in a fundamental way. You have walls, you have land, you have uh, infrastructure in place. You have all of these things that you can take advantage of in a post-apocalyptic world that to me, I mean, you could disagree with me. I think, I think um, Alexandria does have, you know, things that are appealing about it. And I think definitely make it better in some ways. The prison is by far one of the best setups that they've, they've ever had. Um, well, just because of the, the already walls and stuff, trying to keep people originally from getting out, it just made a much better barrier than these other places that had to build the walls to, to create a barrier. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the, the nature of a prison. Um, so season four, ironically enough, Wait, go ahead. Just before, before you go too much further, another thing about season three is you not, you got another main character. First of all, I think Lori is dead now. Rick's wife, uh, having given yes, birth, right? She, yes. I believe she dies in season three. Yep. Yeah, so and Carl has to be the one to shoot her so she doesn't reanimate, as they say. Um, Andrea's dead at the end of that season as she dies at Woodbury. Yep. Um, and now Rick, who was was hallucinating and with the loss of his wife, Lori, he was starting to lose his mind and they, they tried to calm him down by having him do, get in the gardening and stuff. Well, he's finally realized that people, there are still good people out there. So anybody that came from Woodbury, now that the governor's kind of been supposedly taken out of the picture, um, he, he's welcomed these people into the prison now when he was very reluctant to do so before that. I think those are keys that came from season three, too. I think that you could write a psychological journal. Uh, well, I don't even know what the right word is. Book novel on the yeah. story arc of Rick Grimes. Oh God. The, yeah. That's why he's such a man. The complexity in the, the things that he goes through with him growing out his beard and, him putting away his gun and he's going to be a farmer now. And, you know, it, it, sometimes it's kind of like, okay, get, get, we get it. We get it. You don't like to kill people, but guess what? You got to kill people. It's just as part of the, the reality of the situation now. So just, just, okay. Well, but he, he, he fluctuates. He goes back right. and forth. Like at first right. he's this cop who's just trying to hold, you know, restore order and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden he's like, Oh no, kill everybody. Yep. I don't even trust the people I'm with. And then he goes, but then he's losing his mind. He's hallucinating and he's wondering why well, I didn't want to be leader. And everybody's like, well, we need you to be leader. You've been the leader. We, you're a cop. I mean, you've got training in this. And, and then, and then he takes some time off and, and Daryl and, and even his son tries to lead a little bit for a while there. And then it's like, okay, you know what? I got to pull myself together because I have a group of people that are relying on right. me. And then he kind of starts to do that. Like you said, yeah, you got to have a gun. There's a lot of, in like I said, in the, I don't know, it's, it's hard for me because on one hand it's very interesting and like it appeals to like, like, like I said, that psychology of humans. But on the yeah. other hand, there are some episodes that I'm just like, you guys are just sitting in the woods talking about what it means to be a person. Like just get Too on with it. Like, yeah. like there are yeah. certain, uh, you know, episodes where I'm just like, Rick, you've been sitting there in is looking at the same tree talking about if we should kill somebody for the last 17 and a half minutes. Like let's get, <laughs> uh, we get it, you know? See, and I, and I, I, the psychological background is, you know, it's kind of up my alley, even with the serial killers and stuff, as we mentioned, but like you say, okay, we're dragging this on a little far. Okay. 
stop looking in that direction if you keep seeing some weird ghost or you know <laughs> right look in another direction or you know go go have a drink or you know or maybe just go take another dump or you know do something else just i get it you're going through some hard times but we don't need five or six episodes of just dialogue and, and analyzing what he's going through it's like okay figure it out you're an apocalypse yeah and like i said i mean that's part of what makes the story good this this tv show good but it's they're just developing characters right. like crazy that is true yeah, yeah they're definitely like like by the time you get to like i mean like i said spoiler alert by the time you get to somebody like sasha which by all rights is a bc character you're just like very much oh my god character, yeah. she dies like that's really that you that hits you hard and it's because of yep. that that character development, because of those. Well, and her brother you know, dies, and she ends up being a bigger character than her brother. But that's why she gets so upset because her brother dies. Right, right. I mean, there's so much. Like I said, though, that's just one example of of that. Um, and then, so yeah, so you've got season four. Uh, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Does Abraham introduced in season four, or is it the end of season three? Uh, well, they. I think it's season no, four. I think it's- I think it's season four because they—that's when they meet Eugene and Rosita. Yes, and they're because they're all trying to take Eugene to Washington D.C. I think that is season four. Yeah, because that so that's that's why I always say whenever I'm talking about the governor, he lasted for about a season and a half, where yeah. halfway through, which it's weird the pacing sometimes with these TV shows or the the series because it's like arguably you know driving a tank into a you know. Uh, prison and having it blow up and having the place overrun that's like a season finale worthy like episode but no that happens in the middle of season four exactly um so yeah so basically in the sense of recap or trying to stay with that theme here we're we we see that the the governor is able to basically pull himself up by his bootstraps get a group of people together and come back and you know really just you know mess stuff up at the well even prison. and he even his character he ends up befriending this family and he doesn't want to be a leader anymore you see that oh there's some good in this guy still and he wants to change his ways from the evil man that he became as the governor and he doesn't like being called a governor and then you know he, he so he dabbles his toes in that kind of oh being a decent person well and then he kind of goes back to his natural ways but even the darkest of characters in this show they they you know, they argue with good and evil in themselves. The, the conflicts that we all struggle with, especially in an apocalyptic time, it's apparent even in the darkest of characters, you know? Right, right, exactly. They've got that duality. It's not a clean... And like I said, another parallel to um, uh, the Game of Thrones because <laughs> those characters, everybody's got something bad about them. And, oh, you know, sure. it's it's kind of... It's crazy. But uh, but anyways, yeah, so, so then the big, you know big hoorah-rah that he gets this group of people. Now, it's escaping my mind, but the girl who um, Glenn finds at the prison when he's all up in his, you know, riot gear, and he's on his way out. Tara. Tara. For the long, I I just, like I said, just rewatched seasons, you know, the one through three, or most of three. I did not realize that Tara was, I, I thought it was Abraham, Rosita, Eugene, and Tara. I forgot that she was part of Woodbury or part of whatever yeah, the Tara, group with the governor. 
because later on she even feels guilty that she was part of the reason that Herschel died and all that stuff because she was part she didn't really do anything physically but she was part of that group and she she ends up you know questioning herself as a result right right but that was the initial group that ran into abraham and his group is that it was glennon and tara so that's that's yep. i think why glenn was i just made that glenn connection. was looking for maggie right yep. right i just made that connection in my head um yep. so season four how does do you remember is is terminus at the end of season four yes uh, yes I think yeah, I think they're about they're trying to look for it. I don't think they quite get there. So yet. that might have been yeah, season end of season four, beginning of season five is terminus. Which that is a f. Oh no, yeah, you're right. Actually, they're they're all in the boxcar at the end of season four. In terminus, was it a? They've all been putting this. Was it a trailer. cliffhanger, or does the end does the season four end with uh, Carol blowing up that propane tank? Do you remember? No, season four episode is called A, and that's what they had put on their foreheads. Okay. Was that letter okay? So, and that's the last episode of season four. Is they were all in that, and that's how it ends with that, like certain members in the group having an A on them, and they're all shoved in this, and they, that's how they reunite. But they're all in a freaking yes. in a trailer together. Yes. So the like I said, a very big theme is them one trying to find a place to live permanently, and two and stay trying to stay together. So end of yeah. season two, they split up. They find each other besides Andrea. And to season three, they don't split up. And to season four, in between season three and four, you know, so it's a lot of that. It's it's very cyclical in nature. It's it's we found a place, we're good for a while, all hell breaks loose, crap, we got to get out of here, and we split everywhere, <laughs> and we crap, we got to find each other, and now we found each <laughs> other, so let's go find a good place to live. And so it, I mean, I mean, am I wrong? Crap, we're lost. Crap, we're found. Crap, we're lost. Crap, we're right. found. Crap, right. we're dead. Right. It's a lot of, oh, crap. Like, that's, it should be crap, the walking dead. <laughs> that that sounds awfully painful. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's worse the, than the walkers, the, the crapping walkers. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, so yeah, so Terminus, um, God. I think that's kind of just the it, most of the time when you talk to people. I mean, people talk about the governor. People talk about uh, Negan. People talk about you know those yep. big characters. Whatever. Terminus is kind of like a footnote. It's just like a really yeah. effed up footnote. That's like that weird yeah. Greek symbol that you don't really know what it means, but you know you're supposed to look down at the end of the page. And it's well, like but, and, and everybody they're all walking towards these signs that say "Come to Terminus and Sanctuary," and they're like. Oh my God, Hope is up there. We're gonna go find Hope, and that's it's more about the journey to the place. And then they get there and they, oh, these people suck just as much as everybody else. And then the first episode of season five is called No Sanctuary. Right. Like, okay. And the end of season four, we found out, yeah, these people suck just like all the rest of them. So there's no sanctuary. At right. All. And I think, like I said, it's it's kind of a footnote, but I mean, those guys are cannibals, like straight up, like they are cannibals. Yeah. And yep. it's um. It's frightening. I mean, the, they were literally, I mean, and I mean, it's obviously for, you know, the benefit of, you know, the climactic release, but I mean, they were literally away from, you know, getting their throat slit and then butchered for their meat. I mean, that's yeah. so screwed up, but. And like you say, that's, that's as messed up a situation as they come across. And it wasn't as big a deal as the governor and Negan and some of these other characters, like you say. I can't believe that more emphasis wasn't put on the fact that, oh, we're going to go get there and get eaten. Yeah, Wait. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's pretty, cr- I mean, Carol, Carol starts 
I think her badassery. Is that a word? I'm going to make it a word. It is um, now. She starts like her badassery, I think, when she burns those people that were infected with that unknown pig virus or whatever. Yep. But that... And then she has to kill the little right, girls. That so so yeah so that's a good point. Um, the look at the flowers moment that was in episode four, I believe. Right, I think that was towards the end of oh. episode four because she had to do that because I forget the names of the characters, but she basically killed her sister because she's so screwed up on her views about The Walking Dead. You know, it was Lizzie. Yep, and Mika, Lizzie and Mika. Right? Yep, yeah. and they they uh, you know that she's got to, you know, look at the flowers and then shoots. I mean that I've seen people like joke around about that where it's like, you know, Valentine's day cards. It's like a picture of Carol and it says, look at the flowers. It's like, <laughs> hey, now I'm going right. to kill your daughter. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't great. know what that conveys, but, um, but yeah, that, I mean, like I said, that, that again, just a huge plot point that on, on a list of just massive plot points that happen throughout these seasons and we're missing a lot. We're, we're, you know, we're trying to cover this in oh, an hour yeah. and a half, basically. Well, but there's so much. You talked about cannibalism. You talked about cannibalism. There's a part where Bob, three guys, once Terminus has basically been destroyed, uh, three or four guys from that same group that are cannibals, they find Bob and they just start eating his leg right in front of him. Yeah, so that was after they find um, the priest. What's his name? Gabriel. Yeah, Gabriel. Yep. And Gabriel. his whole story about walking his parishioners out of the, you know, out of the church and he was able to survive on the canned goods and all that kind of stuff. Very yeah. selfish. Um, another yeah. very interesting character arc for <laughs> a CD level character. I mean, you just know so much oh, about yeah. this guy and he becomes a very important part of the story. Um, well, and especially like like uh, these main characters, I was writing that down, but how, how much they're personalities have changed even gabriel who's like you say just kind of a side thought eventually while later in the seasons he's a very important yeah. character and he's a one of the leaders and yes. strong where he was a weak little spineless um priest or minister right he was very that. selfish he was looking out for himself and he was very like scared and didn't that yeah exactly um but yeah so yeah that that was a unique situation so bob gets bit and and it's very convenient that Bob didn't turn right away, but Bob gets bit. Nobody knows. And then he gets yes. captured by these people, those people from Terminus and they start eating his leg in front of him, but he was infected. So not really clear on the rules. He starts like, laughing. I, I forgot about that. He starts laughing at him. They're like, what's you can't be laughing. We're the ones eating you. And he's kind of like, you didn't know it, but I'm already infected. So then these people go, Oh my God, we're going to, we're killing ourselves. Yeah. And I don't know that they, I mean, that, I guess, could be a legitimate thing that if you eat, I mean, <laughs> again, it doesn't come up very often, but you eat somebody. It's That's like, what I wonder, I, too. I One of the questions I had, how come how come touching the, the inner guts and stuff when they're putting it on their skin so they can walk through the swarms? How come that doesn't infect them? Yeah. You know, I've always there's probably levels of infection, too. It's like it doesn't get triggered till you die level where it's like it's airborne yeah, and you just maybe. have it in your system. And then there's yeah, if it's just on your skin, maybe. But it's then not it's a direct, you know, biting. There's probably something in the saliva or something in the like bacteria that exists on there. Again, without going too technical, um, the the bacteria yes. that exists in their their teeth or whatever. Um, which side note, um, did you know that a human bite is actually very dangerous? Like, there's bacteria that exists in a human's mouth that can cause some pretty serious infections. 
So like if, if I were to tell you to bite me and you were to do it, then I yeah. could get really sick. Yep. There's oh, well, I'm not gonna do that then. I like you, Monty. I'm never gonna tell you to bite <laughs> um, me. Nothing. There's actually an ID investigation discovery. I don't know if you've ever seen heard of that TV uh Oh, I love those kinds of shows. Yeah, I don't. Think there was actually a, a murder that they had either solved or were in the process of solving because the guy came into the ER with a uh, very specific infection that was from a human bite, and they were able to trace him because the victim bit him before he killed them. So, yeah, there's, really? there's something, something. But anyways, like I said, side side note. Oh, that's interesting, though. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't know you that. Know. But that, I mean, that's a big part of all this. Those kinds are the kinds of questions you got to ask. Like, how come they can put the guts on their skin and not be infected? And yet these other things you see are killing off people like instantly. And I think it's a a breaking the skin, entering the bloodstream type of situation, right? You know, I mean, your skin is the largest organ in your body and by far one of the most important, you know, because of that protection, that level of protection that it provides for the rest of your internal organs and your bloodstream and everything else. So I think that, the fact that you get bit is you're introducing a bacteria into your bloodstream, just like any other, you know, or virus, whatever they call it, you know? Um, so anyways, so yeah. So, well, I, no, I mean, just one more point to that. Cause you'll see a few characters and I mean, they're, they're fairly consistent in how people are dying, how quickly they do and stuff. But like even a guy like Herschel, they were able to react quickly enough where they cut off right. part of his leg so that it didn't get further into yes. his blood and get you know into his bloodstream altogether and they, they they cut off that part of his leg and they solder it up and and he's able to exist for quite a while after that because they were they understood what was going on at that point and knew how to take prevention and that's part of like i said that's part of the this the this universe is that amputation prevents the spread of infection so it's yeah um it's definitely yeah and it, but the but in certain people like that one prisoner um the big African-American guy, he, he gets bit on the shoulder or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't yep. amputate your <laughs> – you can't amputate no, the back of your down pretty quick. neck, you know. That's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, so season five, yeah, big part of season five, again, is them trying to find a place to live. But it's also this competing interests of Abraham, Rosita, and Eugene. And the big part of that or the reason why it's such a competing interest is that Eugene is claiming to have the cure for the virus, and they got to get to Washington because he's got to he's got to deliver that cure. He talks smart to Abraham, who's a you know a grunt or not a grunt, but he's an ex-military type of guy who's just like, we got to do this. I don't understand what you're telling me, but but I know that it's important and we need to do it. Well, we find out I think it, towards the end of season five or season six, probably yep. season five. Season five. Yep. That yep. uh, no, he's lying. That Eugene just needed somebody to help him, and he came up with this elaborate lie that pushes the whole group into this, you know, wild goose chase essentially. Well, and he's he's another perfect example. He's just so cowardly and meek, and and he, you know, everybody else is trying to kill and protect each other, and he always just cowers in the background. Well, eventually you see him become like, wow, that guy's just a different person altogether, you know? Yeah, especially in the later seasons with the whole Negan story arc, you see Eugene really earn his keep or like not, you know. Start to gain confidence and realize that I'm not this meek little cowardly mousy guy that I've been up until this point. Right, everybody's got their unique abilities and he's actually able to use the knowledge that he has to be a very 
you know, important asset to the group. Huge asset, yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think season five. I forget what is what is the end of season five. Season five, kind of, they're they they figure oh, that Parker. out. Um, and they they essentially, um, they they make it to that's right. They make it to, um, Alexandria. Yep, and, and they're living there. And, and, yes, and. Michonne and Rick are given leadership um, play, uh, positions and stuff, and they're basically kind of taking over the civilization that was already created because um, Rick and Carl Michonne and those people are realizing these people don't know how to protect yeah, themselves. Yeah, they're very so soft. We kind of got to take charge. Yep. They're, they're, they've been basically, yeah. they just fell into this, you know, self sustaining community that has these walls that were built, and they didn't, they haven't really needed to exert much energy in order to survive they've been able to just basically stay inside these walls and survive fine the way that they've they've been yep and um and they do it they have a female leader named deanna who's i think she's got governmental background yeah she was a senator trying to create a government and she you know and she befriends rick but you know they kind of butt heads into as to how things should be run and stuff but that's that's kind of how that season ends is and then they find these these people called wolves. They keep seeing people with W's, even like walkers and stuff. So that's they're starting to introduce yet another group that's going to be part of the mix eventually. Right, right. The wolves that I think that the kind of leads into um, who's the group that Negan. Um, yep. Season. Six, what is yep. the name of them? The God. Why do I? Why am I blanking on Negan's group? Negan's group. What, what is the name of his the? Why am I can't, I can't remember either. Um, the the group of people that Negan leads, the not the outsiders, saviors, the saviors. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, um, that was a big but, word. Yeah. But yeah, so that kind of I think that leads into that or as part of that. Um, and that we're gonna cut it off here in terms of the seasons because I think that we've um, you know it it's a lot we've covered a lot already. Um, well, we've already kind of talked about further seasons too, but we could keep talking about these first five and we've, cause like, as you said, we've missed a lot of details yes. in these first five. Right. Seasons. Um, in this, and like I said, we had, we knew we had to do uh, one, if not multiple episodes on the walking dead. So we wanted to make sure that we covered it, but we figured this would be the best approach is to at least get through the first five seasons. And then we'll probably end up doing the next five seasons after, for me, at least after season 10 is on Netflix, which, because of the coronavirus stuff, I guess, Mickey, you can speak more knowledgeably to this. They they haven't aired the last episode of season 10, right? No, I was able to watch them all up until, and that, that was uh, maybe a month ago now. And then um, they were doing Talking Dead um, with Chris Hardwick. They were doing it, you know, from their homes. Because um, they, 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 that first week when this all started, they didn't do a Talking Dead. And then Chris Hardwick's like, oh, yeah, we're getting suggestions. Why can't we do it? you know, remotely. And so they started to, and that's when he reveals in one of these episodes that uh, they didn't get to finish that last episode. Yeah. So it will be released later in the year when they can, you know, tie it up nicely and make it, you know, well done. Cause right now they just have bits and pieces that they, and they want to be able to get a complete final copy. And you can only imagine the aneurysm and the like ulcers that the directors and writers are having right now. Like how the heck, do we get, well, how do we film the last season? Like we have this entire story planned out. How do we film this last episode? Like 
it's almost like they're they're gonna have to do some kind of like weird like flash forward flash backwards type of yeah like scenario i mean i don't know like i said i haven't i'm not caught up but it's like they're almost gonna have to do something like that to like keep it you know somewhat consistent and you know have a con- continuity well, this, is, this ended up this ended up being one of my favorite seasons with all the things that happened and, you, and you've lost like basically there's only a couple of the main characters left from the beginning right. um spoiler alert but um so you're these are all new characters that you know i found myself going ah, do i care as much anymore because the original cast isn't really all that much there anymore but but this it started off kind of slow but this season from like episode four or five on, it gets really good. good. And, and I'm really looking forward to this last episode because yeah. it's going to be like a season in its own. Yeah, way, I'm sure. Especially because of the weight. I, I'm sure they're going to, yeah, they're going to do something big, but, but yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much the high points of season five and, or one through five. Um, yep. Like I said, it's, it's a, it's, it's a special kind of TV show. It's really is, is, is something that, um, now granted it's not for everybody, but, um, if you enjoy that type of, I, I really enjoy that. Um, in terms of genres of movies and TV shows, that whole like survivalist, you know, what would you do in this situation? How would you survive? What resources would you, you know, we kind of t- touched on that in the virus episode, but like, I, I just really enjoy that. Like I find myself thinking to my, like, like, I don't know. Did you ever see the purge that movie? No, but I, I know what you're talking about. So that was a movie that I found myself because just the way that my mind works, I'm like yelling at the screen, like, you're an idiot. You don't do that. You're yeah. that's not how you survive. Yeah. Like, like seriously, you don't have like that much knowledge. Like, and, and so I love this kind because it, 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 it blends that. I mean, it's not super heavy on the, like, you know, naked and afraid type of scenario, yeah. but it's, it still has aspects of that. So that all being said, well, and, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. It just it's just a testament to, and like like we were talking about how these characters they, their personalities change over the years. You find, and I I mean it, it makes you think about things that we don't we have the luxury of not yes. thinking about because you know especially in this country we have a pretty posh lifestyle most of, most of us. I I don't mean to disregard the people who are, you know, are stuck in poverty stricken areas and all that stuff. But people like you and I are middle-class. We, we have it pretty well made um, considering where, where we could be yes. otherwise. And if it's all taken away, like with an apocalypse, then we're all, you know, at the, at the same level all of a sudden. And you're going to have to learn about yourself real fast of what you can and cannot do. You know, Right. I mean, the thing is, is like, you're, you, you, yeah, you have to, the people, and I, and I'm trying not to get it too far in the weeds again, another tangent squirrel. Um, but, um, the people that are going to survive in a situation like that, aren't the people that sit there and scream bloody murder and cry because of zombies looking at them. No, they're taking the the people that survive in those types of situation. They're able to perform well under, under pressure. And even if they're, Problem Even if solved. they're not able to perform well under pressure, they're able to keep moving. They're able to keep thinking. What's the next thing? I mean, that, what they don't get frazzled. Yeah, when when there's a situation where and multiple things are going on, they don't get frazzled and overwhelmed and then just shut down. They're like, okay, um, I have to figure out what I can do here, and and, and you learn new skills and stuff just to survive. Otherwise. Because a lot of these people, even in season one, were already contemplating suicide, not wanting right, to live in right. a world like this. Can I survive? I'm too weak. Maybe I shouldn't even bother. But 
the strong ones. And they say that multiple times by five or six seasons, five or six. By now, it's people who know how to take care of themselves that are still yes. alive. Everybody else. Yes. Um, so two or three things about that is some, like certain things that I've heard throughout my, you know, things that I've experienced or books that I've read or whatever. So number one, Adapt or Die, a movie called Hannah. That was the big theme of that. Adapt or Die. You need to realize that you're going to get hit in the face. Like Mike Tyson says, everybody's got a, a plan until somebody gets punched in the face. You're going to get hit in the face. Yeah. How you react to that, and this is my <laughs> TED talk of, you know. Who would have thought we'd be quoting Mike <laughs> well, Tyson in this fun episode. fact for you, my dad taught him how to drive. That's not a okay. – no, I'm not joking. We got to get – we got to get back to that. <laughs> yes, uh, it's a story for a different time, but um, he went to, he oh, went to man. high school with him. Um, but anyways, no yeah. kidding. Yeah, uh, friends with his parents were friends with my grandparents. Anyways, um, you might have to finish this episode because my jaw's <laughs> on the ground. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so you got that adapt or die. Um, one of the things that they tell you if you're ever in a situation where you're lost in the wood, one of the first things you need to do is get yourself in a situation where you're calm or like build a fire to try to just calm yourself down and think, 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 think the thing that's not going to save you necessarily is that you've got a bunch of, you know, all these tools and things that around you. Yeah, that helps. But your brain is the most important part of your survival. And you need to think about how you're constantly continually improving your situation. Do you have one stick? You'd go get two sticks. You have, you have four sticks, go get five sticks. You, You got one fish, go get a squirrel. Always be thinking well, even Michonne, how to perform, Michonne, you know, do better. Even Michonne, how, how uh, clever she was taking two walkers, you know, cutting off their arms and basically using right. them as as guard dogs right. for her as she walked through swarms of, of Think walkers, outside the box. What is, what is the thing that yeah. might not be immediately obvious that's going to work? And the last... Got to be resourceful. Last thing is I had the opportunity um, to go to the NRA convention in uh, Dallas, Texas a couple of years ago. And I was able to meet and shake hands with uh, four of the guys who were in the Benghazi situation. Um, got the wow. got their autographs in the 13 hours, um, the, the book. And one of the guys, and it stuck with me, one of the guys, when he signed my book, he wrote, always keep moving forward or always move forward or some, something along those lines. And that's a very, like, like your attitude towards the situation, always moving forward. The, 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 I, I, you know, the people that survive in, in, in this or any situation that's, that's, you know, really scary, really stressful. They're, they're, first of all, giving up is not in their vocabulary. The, the whole situation where, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to commit suicide because there's, there's no hope. I don't care if you've lost all of your limbs. I don't care if you're in, you know, your deathbed. There's always a reason to move forward. And, and that's what makes these types of, and like I said, I'm really getting my, you know, TED Talk, you know, soapbox on right now. But Hey, man, this is how we talk. I like, <laughs> but, I like but the thing is, is like that frustrates me. And I know it's a TV show. I know that there's, you know, things. But I, I got to imagine it draws parallels to people's attitudes in real life where, it's, oh, it's, it's yeah. hopeless. Why do I even try? It's hopeless. No, no, because yeah. the thing is, is like, like, even if we live in a situation where we're ruled by the Nazis, like you cannot give up. As soon as you do that, there's something, there's a switch that turns off your will to live switch. You're yeah. like, and I think I've brought this up in other podcast episodes. My, I, I it echoes in my mind every once in a while, my, my middle school, 
um, phi ed teacher, life is stupid to stupid people. Life is dumb to dumb people. Life is exciting to excited people. You decide what you want your life to be. You, your attitude is a direct correlation to how you're going to look at your situation and how you're going to react. So it all comes down to outlook. And, you know, I mean, this is right along what you're saying. Tomorrow, <laughs> right. tomorrow, I love. Okay. So we're able rich, to talk about Mike Tyson and Annie in the same Annie. episode. So we've reached, you know, a new <laughs> pinnacle of, you know, after a year of podcasting, this is, this is where we're at. Found a new level of craziness. But, but you're right. It all comes down to no matter what you're talking about, no matter what context, it comes down to outlook. And, you know, as bleak as today might be, and we all we all have those dark moments. I mean, if you don't, you're not questioning enough. In right. My opinion. Oh, yeah. You need to question everything. And you're going to have those dark moments. And in order to deal with everything, you got to deal with the bad, probably even more than the good, because you, you ended up learn more, learning more from the bad. But tomorrow's right, right. there. Right. And your whole attitude can be totally different just because, oh, I got some sleep. And, oh, yeah, today doesn't suck as much as yesterday. Right. Always have something to look forward to. I mean, um. I mean, that's why, I mean, that's part of the reason why we named our daughter the name that she has, Joy. Hope. You know, yeah. I mean, they, oh, yeah. it's not, Sorry. it's, yeah. what's that? I said Hope. Oh. I don't know what I was thinking. Anyway. <laughs> that's our, that, you know, that'll be a, a future, a future child. The next- Hope, Joy, and Love. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> um, but no, but, our, but our daughter, you know, that's, you know, Joy, Joy is, it's, it's not dependent on your circumstance. It's dependent on your attitude, right? So happiness comes and goes. Sadness comes and goes. Your situation is always going to change and you're always going to have bad things that happen to you. But in in order to succeed in life, in order to um, be successful, in order to keep moving forward, you need to have, you need to find the joy in your life. And like I said, that's, that's these, these characters in a lot of different things that happen throughout this TV show. That's the, you know, Rick has, Judith, he's got coral, coral, he's got coral and, and coral. doing things coral. and stuff. And, and he, you know, he just, he, he has that to keep him motivated, to keep him moving. Well, these characters keep like even Abraham at one point, he, he lost his whole family. They were, they, they ended up being afraid of him because he lost his temper a few times and they left him Well, he was contemplating suicide. And then he found a new reason to live, which was bringing Eugene to Washington, just, Want, having a reason and to, to wake up every morning and like you said happiness will come and go sadness comes and goes but it is still a state of mind it is a choice right. you can choose to not be angry all the right. time it's hard to do and you got to deal with it you got to deal with the bad even more so than the good in my opinion but you can choose to not be miserable and hateful and angry and bitter and violent all the time you just you got to start realizing that okay I've dealt with the bad. Now I need to start dwelling on the good, right. more, you know, and focusing on there is reasons that I'm still doing. Right. This. And I mean, it's it's ironic that we're saying all this right now during a quarantine and during people dying from COVID-19 and everything. Going well, we're on. hearing it all right. over the place. Maybe it's rubbing off. You know, but, but the thing is, is like uh, a lot of people don't realize it. And anybody who's, you know, has a Christian background who has read the Bible before, like a lot of the like really positive, like, you know, find joy, find hope and all that stuff. Like. Paul, those, those books that Paul's writing, like he's in prison when he's writing those books. Like, it's not like he's sitting on a mountaintop sipping wine, you know, with beautiful girls sitting around him <laughs> and no. the sun baking on. His right. Shoulders. He's sitting like that to me, that's that you, you really get to experience, you know, certain levels of, you know, that, that joy or whatever you want to call it 
you get to you get to experience that more and you're able to appreciate the good times better when you go through the bad thing. Well, Anyways. you don't know that everything's good if you don't know that everything's good if no bad. Right, ever right. I mean, well, that's what our that's what our pastor says. He's like, I feel bad for the people that have never had anything bad happen to their in their life. They run in they're 30, 40 years old before anything seriously bad happens and their whole life falls apart because they don't know how to deal with a setback. And it's like, yeah, you know, that's, that, that's, you know, true for, like you said, we live in a country that we're, we're blessed in, you know, an, an amazing amount of opportunities and things that we have, freedoms that we have that literally no other human being in the history of the world has experienced at the level that we're experiencing it right now. And so, you know, a lot of yeah. people just, yeah. So anyways, take it for granted. I'll jump off my soapbox hey, now. That was deep, yeah. man. We are deep and we're not even drinking. Well. Yeah, I mean, I might have had one or two, but <laughs> oh yeah, wow. um, we're not we're not doing the hard stuff. We're not doing the yeah, we're not, we're not pounding. Right. Yeah, that's just normal. that's normal. This normal everyday run of the mill Monty and Mickey conversations that you'll get on this podcast. Um, yep. but uh, but yeah, so that's all I've got. I haven't got any. <laughs> oh man, I, I okay. <laughs> I I did get two emails. <clears throat> I don't know how, and maybe if one of our listeners are just kind of, you know, messing with us, but um, if my friends would likely do that, if, yes. if you've signed us up for Filipino Cupid, please take us off that list. Um, don't know why I'm getting wow. emails about that. Um, I've gotten two now. Um, we're, we're not interested. Um, so that's your, you know, if you want to chuckle a little bit for the day, but yeah. Uh, that's one way to get listeners, but I'm not sure that's yeah, the way we're going to Yeah, it, it surprised me. I'm like, oh, you know, because we don't get that many emails. So I'm like, eh, two new emails, right? Who, who sent it to us? Uh, uh, okay, that's not, no, huh. that's not, that doesn't have anything to do with our podcast. <laughs> so, well, I've always been attracted to, to Asian women, but I'm not sure that. that I, I don't even know, like, I don't even know what that is. I don't, I, yeah. So anyways. So, uh, so yeah, so I think that's, that's all I've got. Um, anything else, but, closing thoughts or anything you want to add about, uh, the walking dead, at least first five season? No, we got pretty deep there, man. I think, I think our message is sent and yeah. people are going to be better people for having heard this episode. Alone. Start a revolution. I believe it. Yeah. Yep. I think I just threw up my mouth a little, but still the point <laughs> is made. perfect. Perfect. Um, so yeah, so, uh, I guess like we always like to say. Getting old is mandatory. Growing up is optional. Thanks, guys. What's going on?